0: Log Talk Radio.
1: The songwriter says that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're listening to Songs 23 by Jeff Majors. Remember now, this is our disclaimer, all the music that you hear on this radio broadcast belong to the artists. They own all rights, and we are here to promote those sounds of Zion. Welcome to the Five-Fold Ministry Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. If you would like to get in touch with us, our P.O. Box is 9786, that's Baltimore, Maryland, 21284. Again, that's P.O. Box 9786, Baltimore, Maryland, 21284. I would like to give a special shout-out to all our listeners today. We thank you so much for tuning in to the broadcast. You can hear us Monday through Fridays on this radio dial as well as on the weekend on Sundays. Again, that's Monday through Friday and on Sunday mornings. Please call the same number, 319 527 Again, that's 319-527-6036. That's Monday through Fridays on this radio station here. That's 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. and on Sunday morning from 8.30 to 10. It depends on your local uh, station, so please check the time for the five-fold ministry broadcast. God bless you again. And just let us listen to a little bit more of Jeff Majors before we get started. Amen. Thank you again for listening to us. We thank you so much through the week, I have gotten um phone calls from different ones ask me who's on our schedule. Well, we have different pastors, apostles bishops, preachers, teachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ as um through the week as well as the weekend and I have spotlighted this individual before, and people have enjoyed him. And they have even um, requested him again. So I want to tell you a little bit about our speaker today, and you can also hear him on this radio station on a Thursday night from seven o'clock to eight. Again, that's a Thursday night from seven o'clock to eight. His name is Apostle Alexander Lachamy. Again, it's Apostle Alexander Lachamy. He's from the Burning Bush Church. The Burning bush Non-Denominational Church is in Irwin, North Carolina, right here in the United States in the southern part of the states, Irwin, North Carolina. And what I enjoy about uh, speaking about this individual, he is my godfather. I met him some years back when I was at Hampton University at a minister conference, and we became friends. He has a lovely wife and 20 grandchildren, and also um, he has a church in North Carolina, and he's a phenomenal man of God. He has a wisdom gift. A wisdom gift is someone who's able to interpret the Word of God in such a way that you can understand it even on a child's level. Is just the word itself made simple and plain, and it gives you understanding and it teaches your spirit. What thus said the Lord of Hosts? When Jesus um, was uh, sitting on the rock and he was uh, teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, he was able to uh, speak on the beer twos or be able to explain what um, what God is saying in His Word in such a way that even the children gathered around Jesus when he was uh, doing a sermon on the mount. And that is uh, what Apostle Lakami is able to do, to explain it in such a way that is so simplistic that even a child could understand. So, again, I would like to encourage you to listen to him as well as other speakers. We have some awesome speakers. We have... Uh, Doctor James Ellis. We have Pastor Gaskin. We have Reverend Leroy Rice. We have Minister Michael Gray, Reverend Lucas. Um, the list just goes on and I thank God that they have joined uh the broadcast with me to help me expound on the word of God and in doing so it has enri- enriched the program with the Five Fold Ministry broadcast. And we like to encourage you um, each and every day, as we always say, should be your Sabbath, should be your day that you worship and praise God. It should be a day where you go behind the veil into the inner courts of worship, where you turn your whole heart over to worshiping and praising God, your mindset, your spirit, everything just to glorify him that created you. So we like to uh, say each and every day is your Sabbath. Remember it. Keep it holy. Go to your place of worship. uh, Go to your church home. But whatever you do, go with an open heart of anticipation of hearing God's word and just enjoying the worship, the fellowship of coming together. For those of you who cannot uh, attend your church service because of work schedules, or there's other commitments that you may have Please listen to us on Sunday mornings From 8.30 to 10 o'clock We will be here to break bread uh, with you Rightly divide the word of truth So that you can uh, get your sermon in You can get your worship in You can get your praise in And you can glorify the Father Again, when you're not able to uh, go to your house of worship, please listen to us. We also come in at a time that people um, during the early parts of in the morning can get ready for their church service and listen to us before they go. So I have different ones that say that while they get in dress, they listen to our broadcast. And sometimes they say it's hard for them to put their shoes on because they be dancing and shouting around the house. So thank you for that kind compliment. So let us get started. We're going to uh, listen to Apostle Lockamy. You listen to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to us. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. If you would like to uh, email us, our email address is F like five, F like four, M like ministries, W like worldwide. That's F F M W dot N C. That's Fivefold Ministry dot Inc. at Verizon dot net. God bless you, and let us listen to and enjoy the words of God coming from Apostle Alexander Lakemy. Amen. on That I wanted to stop just right there because a special holiday is coming up, and I want to encourage everybody uh, for their Mother's Day. It is so very important that you recognize mothers during this particular time, that it is a blessing just to have a mother in your life. I think about around this time of year, my own mom that she passed on and she's in glory right now, and that I never, ever wanted to forget that special day, that day that I call um, Mother's Day. And it is so, you know, it is so phenomenal that you take time to go get that flower or you take time, you know, just to let her know that you love her let her know that she's special to you, and that you just want to recognize your uh, mom as your as your hero. Because you know it's so it's so very neat that yeah. when when you have that mother that you're able to get that advice, you're able to get that special hug. You're able to just have the best friend in the world. My mom was my very, very best friend, and she was truly the wind beneath my wings when I wasn't able to make those flight and endure challenges that she pushed me to the next level. And I want to encourage you again, I stopped the broadcast, and I want to say please go out and get a flower, get candy if you have to go to the hospital room or their, the senior citizen home or even right there in your own home or to her house, do not forget, radio audience, do not forget to give your mother a hug, even now but on Mother's Day. You know, so many moms said today is Mother's Day. They just want someone to say, I love you or happy Mother's Day, that they are not forgotten. So I wanted to just start right there, and it came to me that Mother's Day – Uh, We'll be coming up this week, and please go out and celebrate your mother. Well, let's start over, and let's get back into the broadcast, because I'm an old mother's girl, so I didn't want to forget that. God bless you, and enjoy the worship. Amen. Amen.
2: to come again this afternoon on the radio, uh, speaking to the radio world, and we thank God for allowing our golden moment to roll on a little while longer. Uh, it could been said of us, all of us, even one that listen, as it has been said of others, but we're still here. God spoke this morning. I by I came up, and we beheld the beginning of a brand-new day, and that's enough to say thank you. Thank you, God, for allowing me to stay here a little while longer, not... Myself, but not to come to the ground, but to do the will of God. So, we ask that you put your listening ears on, that so you might not miss what the voice of the Lord is saying through the apostle. The Bible says, Be not like the food. We go to church and we think that the preacher is preaching to everybody but ourselves. If you go to church and not expecting the pastor to say nothing to you because you live so holy that way, and you're not looking for him to say nothing to you in another kind of way, then you may well stay home because you miss tomorrow. It don't have nothing to do but how well you speak that God's going to speak to you. God speaks to us in many different ways, and it ain't got no, so much to do with how well we did do or didn't do. But he's our Heavenly Father, and he speaks to us through the word. But the Bible said in Sunday days and, and time past, he spoke to the people by the prophet. But in the last days, he's going to speak through his word. So when you go to church, don't be like the fool and say, he ain't speaking to me. Yes, he is speaking to you. You're just not listening and anytime you go to church, you're going on for a purpose. We're not going to hear where you can say, oh, look what he said to Susie. Look what he said to Betty, free." No, what did he say to you? If he didn't say anything to you, then you miss your mark. Always always go expecting God to say something to you. Even if it, even if you think you live so good that you think you ain't getting nothing bad, be you have a, a timid ear even be listening for chastising if need be. Because the Bible says if he don't chastise us, then we'll not even get children. So even though I think I live so perfect, sometimes we say things to hurt people feeling and we don't even realize we did it. And sometimes we can be so blunt. Some people can be feeling can be hurt by you being blunt. But you feel like, hey, I didn't do anything. I just told it like it was. Well, maybe you told it like it was, but you didn't tell it the way it was. You could have said it in a more nicer way. And the way you said it is offend someone, See, it doesn't matter what you think about it. The Bible said if you offend your brother, it's better that a millstone be tied about our neck and we be cast into the sea. Now, if you're like me, I can't swim without a millstone. I sure don't need that hunger around my neck. So when a millstone around your neck, you're going straight to the bottom. We offend one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord, and we think it don't mean nothing. We, we talk about one another. We, we find out that we done gossip on one another and cut one another in the back, repeat what somebody done told you at a friend. And you think it ain't nothing in the eye of God, but I come out to tell you the afternoon, God, is concerned. We may be brothers and sisters in Christ, we can't hurt one another's feelings, and we can't defraud one another or one another just because we brothers and sisters in the Lord. When I hurt you, I heard, God approaches God. When you hurt me, it approaches God. So we, we, we are our brothers' people. And the Bible tells us we need one another. I need you, and you need me. So this afternoon we want to talk about something that the Lord has given us, we want to talk about walking in victory every day. How many know you can walk in victory every day? You may cannot stop what comes along every day. You, you, you can't stop the problems that come along every day, uh, the tests and the trials, the come, kind of things that people say about you, the things that may happen every day in your life, the way people treat you, the way people talk about you, the way people think about you. You have nothing to do with that, but there's no reason for you not to walk in victory. So this is why we can't win the world, over because we walk in defeat. The world is watching us get defeated every day. We give it into the trials. we give it into the detestus. We act like God ain't strong no more. We act like, like God ain't powerful no more. We act like God ain't a healer no more. We act like God ain't a deliverer no way. We act like God ain't a waymaker no more. God is still almighty. He's still omnipotent. He's still almighty. He's still all-powerful. He's all-present. He's all-knowing. He hasn't lost none of his duty. but we act like he has. We act like he can't heal us from a cold now. God is still a healer, and the world needs to know it. And the way the world knows is it is it that we got to walk in victory. The Saul said, to yield not to temptation, for so yielding to sin. See, by us. Getting walking victory in this he called others to win. By you overcoming your trials and tests, others can say, "Well, if God did it for her, He can do it for me." How you want to get up here and teach about marriage, and, 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 and here it is—you keep getting married over and over again. You don't, you don't have a testimony. In order for you to be a marriage counselor. You need to be steadfast your own self. You need to set an example that marriage can work. I mean, I mean, would I come to you and you've been married 19 times? And you, how are you going to tell me that I, how how can I make it in my marriage? You've got to set in a standard. When you set standard, then people got something to go by. God told when God gave us standards to go by, and we can't change those standards because, well, she can't cook. Well, I didn't like the way he looked, or he don't look as well as he looked at a year ago. There's not no reason for you to, to get, out of, get out of marriage. The Bible says that we've got to have this marriage before God. Marriage is honorable to be on the fire. The Bible says, whosoever God joined together, let no man put them asunder. So I want to talk about victory, victory in your life, victory in your walk with God. See, once you become born again, You put your hand in the hand of a victorious God. And, honey, I don't care what you're going through, you can be victorious. I want to talk about seven ways. There are many other ways, but I don't have time for me because I want to always talk about, I also want to talk about eight habits that are destroying your walk with God, and I want to talk about seven ways to walk victorious. let's start with the seven ways of walking victorious. First way, seven ways of walking victorious. First. Watch your words. Now you've been born again. Now you're a Christian. You don't talk like you talked when you was out in the world. You don't talk like you talked when you were a sinner out at the club. You begin a new conversation now. You've got to put away that cursing. Evil communication is not to be found in your mastership, it said. Put away all evil communication. Now you belong to God. Proverbs 18 and 21 says that the power of life and death are in the power of our tongue. Uh-huh. Our word can uplift or destroy. I would encourage you to take an inventory of your word over the next few days. Think about what you're saying. You you don't supposed to be cursing as a Christian. I heard so many Christians cursing and justifying it. Tell me, God understand. no, baby, your conversation has changed now. You're not allowed by the Spirit of the Lord. When you're cursing, you're not walking in the Spirit. You're walking in the flesh. That's what the flesh does. I often say it, and I never forget my mama me down when I was a little boy because she heard me curse. My dad had died, and I was about 14 years old, started hanging around some friends that corrupted me. And and you know, the Bible says he would communicate with corrupt good manners. I thought hanging around friends that cursed. I didn't curse. My mama brought me up in the church. My, I never heard my mama curse. My mama heard me curse one day. She said to me, you can communicate without cursing. She said cursing is another language, a, a belittle language. Uh, a, 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 she said a belittle language, a word below yourself. When you start cursing, you are below yourself. We are Christians. And as Christian, we ain't voted below ourselves. That's that. We're below that. We allow the curse now to be above us. And a Christian, we are not to go down there. We ought to put that evil communication away from us, because God, the Holy Ghost, don't cuss. Jesus don't cuss. The Word of God, don't cuss. And if he be in us, we are not to cuss. So my mama said, when you heard me cuss, you cuss. I ain't never heard my mama cuss until the day she died. So I, that, that did something to me. It made me, gave me a landmark. It gave me something to go by an example that I can communicate. It don't matter how mad you get, you don't have to cuss. She made me so mad. He made me so mad. I had to cuss him out. No, you did that because you let the devil get in you. You let the devil get hold of your tongue. Amen. You let the devil get hold of your conversation. You can communicate with without cussing. And as a Christian, we gotta watch our words because life and death is in our words. You walk around telling me I feel bad. Well, you gonna feel bad. You just put it on your own self. Remember, you got you got some God in you. Remember, you got some God, and you. you ain't God. Listen to me. You are not God, but you got God in you. So you've got to be careful what you say because the God in you will operate. Until I feel bad or I don't know how I'm going to make it. What you mean you don't know how you're going to make it? God ain't going nowhere. He's today, tomorrow, and forever. If he be for you, who can be against you? Just remember when you start talking that old negative talk that God is not pleased. He said, let him that is weak. Listen to what God said. Let him that is weak say he's strong. Come on, Paul, Pastor. I'm weak, and you telling me to be, I didn't say it. God said it. Let him that is weak say he is strong. This is a testimony. In other words, you're messing up the plans of the devil now. And then after a while, you're going to find yourself starting to getting, getting strict again. Just by speaking no words, I am strong. I am strong. I am an overcomer. I'm victorious. I got the victory. I'm going to make it is not going to get the best of me. So how about the help of God? I'm going to get through this. Uh, I'm not at the end of my road. I am not going to give up. I ain't going to quit. I'm going to wait on the Lord. Job waited on him. I'm going to wait on the Lord until my chain comes. You start talking like that. The devil got to get in fleet. he got to run. That's resisting the devil. So remember, watch your words. I will say a little bit more, but time won't permit, because i got other things to do. And second of all, to walk in victory. After watching your word. Now remember, let me say this before I change over. Remember how powerful your words are. It was by your word that you got saved. You spoke the word and you uh, and you became a new creature. All things passed away. The whole all things became new. A supernatural thing happened. A new birth started on the inside of you just because of the word that was on your lips. And then the scripture said, if you believe in your heart, which, and compared with your mouth, that means word, the Lord Jesus, and that God had raised him from the dead, God shall be saved. Look what your word did. Your word changed you from the natural to the supernatural, from the to the spiritual, from the old man to the new man. Just your word that you spoke. Yes, you spoke his word, but you used it with your mouth. You spoke his word and became a new creature. Now you're not the same person no more. So watch your words. Don't defeat your own self. Don't cast your own self down. So I know what the doctor said. But you tell that doctor, my mama, oh, my mama made the doctor mad. They told my mama about she's going home. My mama said, I ain't going nowhere, back to the house and give God praise. They told my mama to go home like other words. They were telling her, ain't no more we can do. You can go home and die. My mama said, you go home and die. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going home and die. My mama said, I'm going home and live. And she lived a long time. The doctor, even the doctor that told her her heart was so bad that she wanted to make the doctor die before she did. You ain't got to die because the doctor said you're going to die. You ain't got to quit because people said you can quit. You ain't got to give up because people don't believe in you. Watch your words. Second, read your Bible. Oh, how powerful is the Word of God. Now, a Christian, this is your lifestyle. Now, this is, this is not an if but a maybe. When you become born again, this is your book now. Okay, if you want to read a, a, a Harlequin Romance. It's okay if you want to read Ebony. That's all right you want to read Black Ebony and all the other books, but you make sure that this book is a can't read it every day. Some folks may have time. They can read it every day. Maybe you need to read it every other day. Read it every day. Read it in the morning. Read it in the evening. All depending on what your schedule is. Make a schedule to read it. You can't read it if you work in the morning read it at night. If you work at night, read it in the morning, but set a schedule. and Set aside. The more you read it, the more you become stable in the Word of God. And then you that are leaders, I used to read the Word trying to get a message and trying to find a message while we're reading it. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, don't read the word for a message, but read the word for your edification. Read the word for your enlightenment. He said, I'll give you the message. We we, we we always trying to find something to tell somebody else, but we not listening to what the word is saying to us. Leaders, you've got to listen to the word before you start teaching somebody else. You've got to be partakers of the word. You've got to know what the word is saying and apply it to your life. Then you'll be able to apply it to somebody else's life you that you're trying to read the word and find out when you go tell somebody that I shall not commit adultery and hear you is sleeping with somebody else's husband and wife. You've got to apply the word to your life first. You've got to be partaker of that word. You read that word so to tell you what to do. It ain't enough to tell others what to do. Paul said, thou that shall, say, thy shall not commit adultery, does thou commit adultery? Thou that, that shall not steal, does thou bite, bite, does thou covet? See, we may not be sitting in one area. But yet sin in another. So we read the word because it will sanctify us. I used to think the way they talked about sanctification was some magical power. i will come out from heaven and set me apart. or do this to me. I do something on the inside. The word sanctification means to be set apart. Just like in the kitchen, for example, just like in the kitchen where mama, mom, mom has the kitchen. There's a rack in the kitchen that has a, 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 a different things on it, like spice, cinnamon, nutmeg. Oh, you women know what I'm talking about. And they use these things in the kitchen while they're cooking, salt, pepper. Well, each one of those containments Contain whatever it contains separate. The salt ain't with the pepper, the pepper ain't with the sugar, the sugar ain't with the net. They, each one has been set apart for whatever purpose it's been set apart, and you don't put one in the other. So it is with your body. You've been born again. You've been bought with a bride and you are a vessel of God. And the Bible said the Holy Ghost dwell in you. Do you hear what I'm saying? You belong to God. You've been set apart for the Holy Ghost, not for the devil, not for lust. ungodly thing people do. No, no. Your your temple been set apart for the Holy Ghost. Just like the salt with the salt, the pepper with the pepper, the nutmeg with the nutmeg, and it's all in a different container, so is the Holy Ghost. He's in your container, and ain't nobody else, the devil ain't supposed to be in there with, with God, only, you, only the Holy Ghost. Oh, I hope you got that. You've been set apart for the Holy Ghost. An unclean temple. Now, if he ain't dwelling in you because your temple is unclean, then clean up. If you clean up, he'll come and dwell at you. He'll sup with you, and you can sup with him. And y'all can talk to one another. He'll talk to you, and you can talk to him. So clean up your vessel with the word of God. For the Bible says we are sanctified through the truth, for thy word is truth. And then the word says we are cleansed through the word that he's spoken to us, and we do what never he said. When you read that word and do what that word says, it will sanctify you. It will cleanse you. I don't care how much you drink it, it will stop you from drinking. I don't care how much you sin; it will stop you from sinning. I don't care how dirty you are, it will clean you up. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Okay, we're going to go a little bit further. Time for a Number three, spend time with the Lord. Not only do, should you read your Bible, but you need to set out time Intimate time with God. You need to set aside time so you can be with God. The songwriter said, he walked with me. He talked with me. He tell me I'm his own. And the joy we shared while we carried there, none other than I've ever known. Other words, he said, I come to the garden alone. you got to find you a garden, a peaceful place, a private place, a, a, a place that you and God can talk to. The Bible says Jesus stealed away into the mountain and left the disciples down down there. There's a time that you've got to steal away to that prayer closet, to that quiet place, so you can be with God, so he can minister to you, so he can heal you, so he can make you whole, so he can restore you from your brokenness. You know, we're always in a crowd. We're always around somebody. We're all in front of the TV. But there's come a time that we need to steal away and find a resting place with the Lord. That he can give us what we need, tell us things that we would not have heard, and we had not spent time with him. There's nothing wrong with spending time. You belong, and he wants to spend time. God wants this fellowship. Mm-hmm. Setting this time aside to pray, to read your word, just to listen to what God wants to say is essential to every believer. With this fast-paced world, of life we're living in, we can forget how crucial that this is. We can forget just how crucial it is to spend time with the Lord. We need to find. We need to. We, when we find ourselves so busy that we can't in time with God, we are too busy. Amen. Just remember that. And I thank God now that I'm uh, that, that I'm retired. I didn't realize how how, how uh, heck did it was. I didn't realize how busy I was. See I was pastoring. Who I was uh, working one job six hours in the morning and three hours in the morning, three in the afternoon. Then I did an eight-hour job. I was doing 14 hours in a day. I not only had to run my family, I not only had to pass the church. I did not realize how occupied I was until I retired. But God told me I got need of you. And I'm so glad I obeyed God and retired that I might be able. I wouldn't have been able to do this broadcast if I had still been working. But look at God, who knew that this was coming, knew that this door was going to be open, and, and he prepared me ahead of time. But such a thing is this. See, if you're too busy, God can't use you. If you're, too, if you're so occupied in yourself, God can't use you. So many people want God to use them, but they're so busy that if an opportunity to itself they can't even do nothing nohow. They, their hands are too full. They're, they're scheduled too full. I tell God when I get up in the morning, I tell God, i got an agenda today. I have a schedule today. I have an agenda ready today. i got plans today, but any time. You want to step in and change it. God, do that. You've got to be vulnerable. Don't have your schedule so tied up that it, God can't come in and change them if need be. Yes, yes, you should. Don't let nobody tell you you shouldn't have a schedule, you shouldn't have a plan, you shouldn't have a, a, a tender area. Uh, you should have those things because this is what life is. This is what life is about. He said, but be sent to the Holy Spirit. Does he want to intervene any time? and in in that plan of yours that schedule of yours there are times i would set aside here by like eight or nine things to do but because i god had me to do something there i didn't get to none of those so don't be so busy i'm gonna get to these eight things i'll see god later no 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 be sensitive to the holy spirit that if he tell you to change amen now, don't, now please don't, don't 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 be so sentimental that you think that you don't even go to. The, I don't even go to the grocer's store until the Lord tell me to go. Then I ask him what I ought to go on when I get there. Uh, please, you, you get a little bit too religious now. You need to, you need to come on back down to earth now. Come on back down. Get off on the next exit. Because when you get so heavenly bound, you know earthly good. You can't help nobody. God ain't got to tell you every little thing to do. I know the scripture said in all my ways is not as Lord, but He didn't mean it like that. You ain't gonna turn around. I didn't want to turn left till the Lord tell me to turn. When I got to the corner, I said, Which way do I go, God? Where you headed? Where you're headed? you headed? Then you'll know which way to go. If you headed to the mall, the mall to the left, go to the left. You know have to ask God to go to the left. You don't know what the mall is. The truth to tell us, the saying that we already know it, we don't. We, it's not faith. So we make like we're so caught up in religion that we just hear the voice of the Lord, and I ain't never heard so many people hear the voice of the Lord. Now, God saved yesterday they heard the Lord more than I heard the Lord, and I've been saved some 30 and 40 years, and they already heard the Lord come flying through the heavens and across the sky and sound like, whoa, we have to be so careful that we don't get deceived by all these voices out here talking about the day of the Lord. I'm going to leave that alone. Amen. Uh, and number four, praise the Lord for the small and little victory. You may think you ain't got no zippers in your life just because things that came like you wanted, It look like your prayer weren't heard like you wanted to be heard, and it, it, it looked like that you still got something uh, in the air or something to pray up there on, and it ain't been answered yet, and it looks like you ain't got no zippers. But if you got up this morning and you were able to open your eyes and see a foot ahead of, of you, that's zippers in itself. Amen. If you were able to go to the bathroom this morning and then had to go to dialysis, you got victory. You ain't had no heart attack, you got victory. You ain't had no stroke, you got victory. I count this victory because these things are happening to people every day. People having a heart attack, people having a stroke, people kidneys are failing them. And here you walk around talking about you ain't got no victory. You got up with victory, you just didn't know it. Pray the Lord for the little thing. Bible said if you got a, a shell over your head and food to eat and clothes, be content. That's victory right there. Quit looking across the street at somebody else's house. they got 15 rooms on it and two or three stories on top and three or four garages on the side. You'll be thankful for, for your little house. Now if you ain't but one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom and a kitchen, you'll be thankful for your house. You get God prayed for your house for so right where you stay. For a little small victory, a little small things that is happening, huh? The fact that he just gave you a job when you didn't have one. Remember, you did, you you could not even have a job. That victory. When you think about all the people that are standing in, in unemployment line and don't have a job today, all the people that are unemployed, and here you is got a job. Maybe it ain't paying you thirty dollars an hour, but it's paying the bill, it meeting your needs. That victory in itself. I can, I cannot ever remember my mother. My mother came up from the old school. She came up in the cotton fields, the tobacco fields, the potato fields. She came up in the cold cold years when you had to go out and cut wood and drag it in out the snow. It was snow on Monday and it would snow all Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Not only would it snow but a blizzard would be with it. It would snow so hard until the the, the porch that on the house was – lived in were like four and five feet tall, and the snow would be leveled up to the point. It would snow so hard that you couldn't even see the wood out of the wood pile. And it would stay cold so long until the wood we had already cut would run out. And I remember my mom asked me to go with her, and when I walked in the snow, the snow almost covered me just how deep it was, to go down and, and get some wood and cut wood up and drag it back to the house. My mama never knew what it was to work in a factory. She never knew what it was to get, to get $10 an hour or $12 an hour. My mama came out of the field with cotton, with $300, cotton, with $300 $3 for a hundred pound of cotton. These the kind of job my mama had, working in tobacco. She never worked, as some of you have today, where you making $13, $14, 20 30 $40 an hour. My mama had had something like that. I don't know. She might have turned the pill. But my mama was grateful. She was grateful at that $3 that she made an hour for picking cotton, and she gave God a praise. My dad died. And left my mom with ten children, and my mama walked in the Lord, and God helped her to take care of all ten children. We weren't hungry for nothing; we didn't lack like for anything, cause my mama believed trusted in the Lord, and she was grateful. Over, over, she she was grateful over what she had. My mama go in that kitchen to take some chocolate. I am talking about that Hershey chocolate. She take that Hershey chocolate, and stir it up, and make a pudding out of it. Put some sugar in it so it be sweet, and she make a two or three pans of biscuit. And I want you to know, child, we was well taken care of. It was like we had eight, eight, eight from the White House. She knew how to take nothing to make something out of it. So be grateful. Number five, pray for those around you. Don't just pray for yourself, but pray for other people that are around you. We talking about walking. Just how you get victory when you see somebody in need. Pray for them. Don't be so selfish. Don't be so jealous. Don't just pray for your church members. I be hearing people praying. They have to be praying for their church members. Just praying for their home. Don't just pray for your home. Pray for other people's home. Don't just pray for your church members. Pray for other people's church members. Don't just pray for your job. Pray for other people's own on a job. People that don't have a job. People who are looking for a job. People that are unemployed and can't find a job. Maybe they got a criminal record. Maybe they've done something in the past and now it's so hard for them to find a job because uh, of the criminal record. You pray, because, see, prayer changes things. I'll tell you what prayer can do. Because when God gave me a job, somebody prayed for me. My mama prayed for me. When I went to to the interview, my mama prayed for me. Here it was, I had just had came out of prison. I had faced a hundred-some years. I had just had came out of prison. So they weren't supposed to give me no job because I was a felon. But I went to this factory. And they were laying off people like 500 at a time. And they hired me. They hired me while they were laying off 500 people. I went there with a record. And they looked at the paper. I told them I had a record. I didn't try to hide nothing. I just got saved, too, walking with God. The supervisor father looked at the paper. The guy told him that I had a record. and just, you know, had recently came out of prison. He looked at me. He turned and said, can you come to for an interview? They hired me. They, I went 30 for an interview, and I stayed on that job until it closed out. And went overseas to another country. I stayed 19 years. That's what God will do for you. Don't you? Don't you get discouraged because you got a record? I was a felon, not misdemeanor, but a felon. But God opened up that door. And after that door shut, He opened up another door in the school system. He did that for me. And, and you know, when a felon, you ain't supposed to be in the school system. But he opened up another in the school, and I stayed there on 18 years. I want you to know that God can go beyond the knowing; He can do what man said cannot be doing. You need to trust in the Lord and pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. When you humble yourself and pray for others, it makes God bless you. You find out that somebody's going through, you find out that somebody having a problem, we get up in the morning and pray for ourselves and go on about the day. Pray for the war that's going on over, over there, over there. Overseas. Pray for that war. Where Russia done invaded another country. You just call it with greedy and wanted to take something that won't learn. You pray pray. Pray that God will intervene. Pray that God will bring peace to that situation. Pray that no more lives will be lost. Pray for the people overseas that is hungry. Who who, who don't have anything to eat, they walk all day long. I heard of a story where they walked 30 miles just to get a bowl of oatmeal, and then they walked 30 miles back home. Can you imagine where that oatmeal gone by the time they get back home? And then they get up but look. They got a smile on their face. They standing there with a big smile on their face with that bowl, holding out while they pour that oatmeal in that bowl. they eating that oatmeal like it's steak. They're eating that oatmeal like it's some, some special something. And here we are complaining about what we don't want, what I'm not going to eat. I ain't going to eat that. When they were walking 30 miles just to get a bowl of oatmeal and they give God praise for it, for them to get some water because it's so hard to find water. And when they get that water, they give God praise because they're so thankful that they got water. But we over here got so much. We got so much that we're so ungrateful. So if you want to walk in victory, learn how to pray for others. Number six, spend time in worship. We talked about it go by spending time with God. The one thing about spending time with god another thing is spending time in worship start singing worship can be a mighty weapon for believers during time of worship, our focus is on the lord and his goodness whether it be on an instrument or a drum or just singing in the shower i remember my wife was was worshiping the lord on the interstate down here where we call it 95. we got the interstate 292 495 and all the different interstate but up down here was at Interstate 95. And Me and my wife were worshiping, and the Lord—I don't know—I just started singing. She started singing with me, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a tide blew out in the car. Now we remember—I'm on Interstate, northbound, southbound. I'm going south. I'm going northbound on Interstate, with the cars all the time, side you, behind you, in front of you. We started praising the Lord, and the tide blew out. But when the tide blew out, I lost control of the car. It went from the left side to the – was still on the northbound lane, but it went from the right side to the left, all the way to the grass almost. I almost lost control of it. And I was able to control it and bring it back on the side of the road where I was. But what's so good about it, God had cleaned the whole highway from – as far as you could see, there was no traffic. It was impossible for something like that to be. And here we on a freeway where, it, where it's nothing but traffic. But we sang it. God knew we were going to have a blowout. And if I had lost control of it with all that traffic coming, I would have ran into someone and ran something off the road. But because we were giving God a prayer, and that wasn't the third time, God had been there doing that time and time again. And, and, look, and look at God. Look what praise does. Look what praise and worship does. Oh, except the angels of the Lord. The Bible said God inhabited the praise of the saints. God came down and cleaned the highway off so that I wouldn't have no rain. There was another time I was with my mom and with my, with my wife and my children. We were headed to another part of the state. And this truck came, was fit to pass on the left side, passing. But when the truck got ready to pass, he saw our car or whatever. He pulled back in. He was loaded with steel or something. But anyway, he pulled back in. The car rocked. The truck rocked like it was going to turn over and pour all that steel on our car and kill us. But it didn't. He was able to get control of it. Later on, we heard. And we were giving, thanking God. Later on, we heard that, that same truck went down the road some miles later and flipped over and killed another family. The car, the truck flipped over on them. Do you not know God is so gracious and merciful? We praise God and we thank God and we hate that that so, you know that, that happened to the other family. But I'm just trying to show you what God did. Give God a praise. Don't just praise Him in the house, praise Him in the bedroom, praise Him in the shower. But start learning how to pray, worship the Lord. As you're driving along the highway, cut the radio off and praise it yourself. It's okay to listen to others sing on the radio, but it's okay for God want to hear from you. God want to hear that voice he gave. I can't sing. No, you don't. You can if you don't open your mouth. Nobody can sing if they don't open their mouth. Your song may not sound like nobody else's. And number seven, dedicate daily time toward your God-given talent. God has given you a talent. Don't do like the man in the Bible that kids his talent because he didn't think it was important. Your talent is important. Maybe you're not the apostle or the evangelist or the prophet or the teacher, all those five or ministers. But whatever talent you have, God gave it to you. He wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to be grateful for it. He, he wants you to walk in it, in that talent, and so that talent can bring more talent. See, God wants you what you got to save somebody else. God to use what you got to deliver somebody else. God will use what you got to set somebody else free. So dedicate your daily time toward your God-given talent. Uh, if you want to be a, a preacher, just then, then spend time in your message. Don't go grabbing something to run up on Sunday morning to get somebody. Best if you're a pastor. Best if you're a leader. You got all those people out in that audience, all that flock out there. You've got to feed. And you can't feed them oatmeal every morning. You can't feed them grits in the morning. You've got to feed them nourishment. You've got to go out there and stay before the Lord and study. Even if you got a job, I worked. But, but, but I had to take out time to get a message, not to grab something. So I knew whenever I threw a message together, I didn't feel comfortable. Even though the people were blessed, I knew that I didn't do my best. And I feel like I could have done better if I had to put more time in the message. It's, it's one thing to cook a meal, but it's another thing to put time in the meal you cook. I said it's one thing to cook a meal, but it's another thing to put time in the meal you cook. Same it is with the word of God. The Bible says to show yourself approved. A workman, you're not made ashamed, right? Divide in the word of God. You're not up preacher about your family, preaching about your dog, half of your message about your wife, the other half about your children and your dog and the cat and the job. That ain't the word of God. He didn't tell you to preach about your family. He said through you, you to preach the word of God. He didn't say that some people preaching about the business. He didn't tell you to preach about your business, what somebody did to you and they said of you and you know they don't like you. And I want you to know you don't like me. That ain't the word of God. That is your business. That's your personal life. God, when you step up there, and God got on me about that. God said that pulpit is not for your personal use. <laughs> One time I used to throw rocks at somebody who I knew they were talking about me. I knew they were talking about me. And I got up there, and I used that word. And, I mean, I preached that word. Now, I know somebody got blessed by, but I also threw some rocks, and I knew I threw some rocks. But I want them to know that, that I was talking about them. But when I got home, God told me, don't you never use my pulpit and throw rocks at nobody no more. I had to repent, y'all. I had to, to tell. I had to tell God, I'm sorry, Lord. I promise to never do that no more. See, sometimes people do like Paul said. People provoke you to be jealous. They provoke you to throw rocks at them. But, but God told me, don't do that no more. That ain't what the pulpit's for. So no matter how they hurt me, no matter how they talking about me, no matter what, what I heard them say, I never let the message be one without I personal appointment there. Because, see, why I was doing that, somebody was going malnourished. Somebody missed the message that day. Somebody didn't get the word of God that day. Because I was so caught up in trying to get even with those that done done me wrong. Preachers, pastors, leaders, that pulpit is not for you to throw rocks. It's not for you to throw slain. It's not for you to use that pulpit for your own advantage to get even with somebody who done done you wrong. Don't worry about those game sales. Don't worry about hard time Don't worry about those that don't. You want God to take care of them? You preach that word. Preach it in season. Preach it out of season. Preach it when you feel it. Like. Preach it when you don't. Preach it when they talk about you. Preach it when they lie on you. Preach it when they hang your name on the sideboard. And don't let your personal life get involved in death. You stay out of the way so God's word can be in the way. God's word can only heal when you preach it the right way. God word can only deliver when you're preaching the right way. God working can only set free when you're preaching the right way. And that's by you stand out of the way. Keep self out of that word. Keep self out of the pulpit and let the Holy Ghost, he said in an hour, he'll tell you what to say. Oh, we thank God for this is good. We bless the Lord. So we may not get to with all what we got here. Now, that was the several ways of walking in sickness. Now, we want to talk about... Uh, 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 Habits that are destroying your walk with God. I may not get through it all of them, but I'm gonna jump on it right quick. Habit. First habit is failing to do what's right. Just as bad at doing what is wrong. You hear what I'm saying? Failing what doing what is right. Jesus told a story about a wealthy businessman who entrusted three employees with managing vast sums of money. While he was away, the amount of money assigned to each employee was determined. By his capacity, one man received $2.5 two Another man received $1 Another man received $5,000. And, and the man went on the trip. Two of the employees doubled their money, each one the same from the boss. Well done, good and faithful service, he said. He said, you were faithful over a few things. I make you rule over many. In unto the joy of the Lord. The, third, the, the second one received the same. He, he came back. He took his and doubled it. And he made, made a million dollars out of it. He doubled his million to $2 million. The first one doubled his to $5 million. The second one doubled his to $2 million. And the last one got $500,000 and he went and buried it. And then the master came back. The third one neither gained nor lost money. He didn't take any money for himself any, 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 and he gave an honor account when the employee returned. This man buried his money and dug it up when the employee returned. The boss was not impressed he called the employee a wicked and lazy, lazy, and turned the money over to one of his other employees. He called him a lazy servant because he did not make anything out of it. He told him, he said, I hid it, I buried it, because I understand you are a ruthless man, gaining what you didn't plan and earning what you didn't, didn't do and all that stuff, and he didn't do nothing with it. Use what God gave you. By not using what God gave you the same thing is wrong, it's not doing nothing. It is bad as not doing nothing. Find out what God told you to do and do it to the best of your ability. If he called you to preach, preach. If he called you to teach, teach. You're not preaching for others. So what? I don't care if you ain't got one person sitting not there in front of you. preach to that one person. I don't care if it ain't no your children. Preach to your children. I don't care if your uncle preach to the other. But don't say that don't do nothing. When you fail to do what is right, you're just as guilty as the person that did wrong. And that's what's wrong going on now. quick quick we see wrong going and won't say nothing. It is said that when the righteous be quiet in the time of wrong, evil will always try Number two, responding to Christ's forgiveness means giving up our own way. Do you hear me? Respond when you become born again, then you give up your old ways. It breaks the habits As you walk with God, whenever you say, I'm saved, you say you're a Christian, then you don't walk in the flesh no more. You honor yourself to Christ, giving up your old ways. And whatever God takes from you, be glad. Don't try to take it back when God take it from you. See, when you become born again, God's going to take habits away from you. He's going to take things away from you that he don't want you doing because they're not Christ-like, they're not spiritual, and he wants you to humble yourself so he can take them away. But this is how he takes them where you pray, you going to need to humble yourself. You say, God, whatever's in me that ain't like you, whatever's in me that ain't right, God, can you take it away? And God will break that habit away. Habits can, can, habits can hinder you from walking in God. Habits can hinder you from growing in God. Habits can hinder you from being what God would have you to be. Some people got a habit of drinking. Some people got a habit of drugs. They, they've been born again, but a habit of drinking, the habit of drugs. Some people got a habit of sexual ability. Uh, they don't want to let go. They, want, they don't want to let go of the flesh. They don't want to let go of fornication. They don't want to let go of adulterousness. The they don't want to let go of the seriousness. But, but these habits will defile you. These habits will cause you not to be successful. These habits will cause you not to be victorious. And God wants you to be victorious. God wants you to walk in victory. Number three, acting like a Christian is not enough. You see what I say? Acting like a Christian is not You can't just act like a Christian. The Bible says if you name the name of Christ, ought you not walk like him? You, can, you just cannot act like a Christian. Like that's what's going on now. We've got a, a lot of acting going on. People think it's a show in the church. A whole lot of actors, a whole lot of acting, and not enough of people proving that this ain't work. You don't act like you're Christian. You are a Christian. You ought to walk the way of a Christian, talk like a Christian, live like a Christian. The word Christian means to be Christ-like. And you're not going to act like you're Christ-like. Cause you act like you Christ-like and living the things of the world, people are going to know that you're, you're, you're wrong. They're going to know that you're not the wrong signal. Acting like a Christian is not enough. Be a Christian. Do the thing that a Christian does. Old things pass away. The whole old thing become new. You are a new creature, and you ought to walk like a new creature. The thing you used to do when you was in the world, when you were in the flesh, you don't do them things no more. For the lust of the flesh and the lust of eyes and the pride of life is not in you no more. Give those things up. Number four, losing God. Losing God's love is impossible, but Christians can miss out on the privilege of obedience. You, God wants us to be obedient. We say we love the Lord, but we don't want to obey him. If you love God, you will obey him. He said, if you say you love me and do not what I tell you to do, he said, we're lying. So you can't say you love God and then we'll obey God. And obey God, is not only in the spiritual realm, Obey God is in the flesh too. Where he said, Love your neighbor, you love yourself. Doing the others, you have others doing you. We want to love God, but we don't want to love our brothers and sisters. If somebody wrong, you forgive them. Somebody that you'll go a mile, go up go two miles. Otherwise, the thing we have to do in the national as well, showing God we love him. He said, Doing the other we have others doing to you. All these things got to do with obeying God. This is how we walk as we're not to hold grudges against one another. You're not to argue with one another. But we are to walk in peace, loving one another. Number five, perseverance in our Christian walk required prayer. You're not going to make it if you don't know how to pray. you you, you got to pray that God will help you. See, so you have to pray that God will help you hold on. You have to pray. Perseverance means to hold on and do it. It means to hang on in there. It means to go the next extra mile. And you got to pray that God will help you hang on in there. Pray that God will help you endure God will help you go that extra mile. You have to pray to God that he will help you not give up. We all feel like giving up sometimes. But you got to pray, God, help me not give up. Lord, I feel like giving up. I feel like quitting. I feel like throwing in the towel. But I need your help, God. I'm weak in this area. I'm weak in that area. God, if you don't do something, I don't know I'm going to be able to hang on. You have to tell God how you feel. And when you do that, God will help you. For he said that in the fortieth chapter, of Isaiah, he will mount you up with wings like an eagle. You'll be able to run and not be weary. You'll be able to walk and not faint. How about number six? Highlighting our own strength by criticizing another weakness in and ungodly. Ungodly. You see that what we, God do one is exalting ourselves, bragging on how strong you are, then criticizing another. We ought to be strength. The Bible says we are strength one to another. And what the Bible says, we ought to be straight one to the other. If you are all that strong to help your brother, remember you want always remember you have not always been where you are. Hello? Remember you were weak one time. Remember you used to make mistakes. Remember you used to just cross your T and dot your I. But now that you are, don't forget about those folks that still find it hard uh to, to walk walk. They want to serve the Lord, but they find it hard. So show them how you got victory. Show them how you got deeper over the little habit you had, and God will certainly bless you for doing so. Listen to this. Number seven, neglect the needs of others. Ignore Jesus' example. When you neglect the needs of others, the Bible says you see your brother in need and close your heart of compassion. How dwell the love of God in you. You just think about You know somebody hungry. You know somebody in need of food and clothes and raiment. And then you go get on a prayer because God told you they were in need, and you go get on the phone and pray with them. I'm be ye fed and be ye clothed. And the Bible said and give them not the necessity. What have you done? They still hungry, they still cold, then they still don't have anything to eat. So your prayer was in vain because your prayer didn't do nothing but there was nothing but a prayer. Somebody gotta be on the hill of the prayer. The Bible says if you see your brother need and close your heart of compassion, I dwell the love of God in you. Last but not least, rejecting Jesus' authority invites God's judgment. Listen to me a rejecting Jesus' authority, invite God's judgment. When you fail to walk in the, in, 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 in the authority and the way of God, the judgment already comes on you. The Bible says God knows the ways of a righteous man, but the ways of the ungodly have already perished. If you're ungodly, you're already judged. But you don't walk in the authority of God, you already bring judgment on yourself. God ain't going to judge. He's already judged. He already decided what your faith is. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear people say, well, I'm just the savior you is. No, please don't let the devil keep fooling you that way. Because you haven't been born again. You ain't saved at all. And please don't compare your salvation to mine because I don't have none. When you start comparing your salvation to somebody else, you ain't got no salvation. They don't have no salvation. No, how salvation came from the Lord. So that statement is really in vain. I'm just the savior you is when I didn't even save my own self. The Bible says, if the righteous shall scarcely be saved, I'm scarcely saved my own self. so how you compare yourself to me? If the righteous shall scarcely be saved, where then shall the ungodly appear? So we want to know that God wants you to walk in victory. Remember this. You've been defeated. You keep throwing in the towel. You keep thinking you can't make it. I come out and tell you, if God before you, who did can be against you. You're stronger than what you think you are. But quit saying you're weak and start saying you're strong. Say I'm victorious. I'm an overcomer. I'm going to make it in spite of, them. in Jesus' name, amen. Apostle? Amen.
0: amen. Thank you. Apostle?
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Would you like to end in prayer for those who would like a special prayer for the night? Because you know your prayers are powerful. Precious Father.
2: We talked about victory in you tonight, only in you. But there is victory in none other but you, God, and your Son, Christ Jesus. For your Son came to give us victory, God, victory over our habits, victory over our anger, victory over our sickness and disease, victory over our children, victory over our husbands, over our wives, victory over our jobs, victory over our finances, victory over our personal life. Whatever the victory be, God, I pray that you give victory. Victory over these suicidal spirits. Victory over these, these, these sickness infirmities that seem to not want to go. These sickness that want to take hold on us and don't want to turn us loose. You said in Isaiah 53 and 5 say you were wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. with our peaceful pardon with your stripes, we heal. We got victory over these infirmities. We got victory over these sicknesses. You said in Psalm 103 and 3 that you, the God, have given all our iniquity and heal all our disease. So we're standing on your word, O God. By your stripes, we are healed. So I claim victory right now over, over, over the radio audience. Everyone on the side of my voice. I bring victory over these sicknesses, seeing that they, they don't want to go nowhere. These strongholds, that that they don't want to be broke, God. These habits, that don't want to let go, God. I claim victory in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I claim victory right now, God, that they be healed, delivered, and set free. That these habits, to be broken. These strongholds, to be pulled down. That the, the, the sick be made well. The bow down the head, be lifted up. The discourage of heart be encouraged. You're not moved by the power of your Holy Spirit, God. No, all over the radio world. Touch, heal, deliver, and set free. Let your glory show up. When your glory show up, eyes come open. When your glory show up, the lame walk, the deaf hear the mute speak. When your glory show up, miracles are worked. So let your glory show up in the areas, that God, that I just mentioned. The honor and the praise shall be thine. Remember the apostles that have opened up doors for so many to minister to God. Bless her, God, and keep her strong. Keep her encouraged. Keep on keeping the doors open, God, for her as well as others, as long as you will, God. Bind the hands of the enemy. Any dark force that comes to try to shut the radio down or shut the voice of the apostle, God, you bind it up right down and catch it through bliss. The glory shall be yours. Heal her body. Heal her children body, God. Bless her family and make them whole. Do it in by praying prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank
0: you, Apostle.
3: You're welcome. Enjoy all of my tears away. Oh, my midnight gym today. Where and coming
0: go home, but I won't complain. I
3: used to, but I won't. I could, but I won't.